is there a film which is just a mobster confessing his life's regrets? Or did my brain just invent it as the sort of film I think you might enjoy? <laughs> I, I know I would enjoy that film <laughs> if it existed. There's um, the closest thing I can think to is, is uh, there's that Nixon film, which is just, Ant- is it Anthony Hopkins is Nixon? And it's just him and his stomping around his room. Friend of like- the show, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, he stomps <laughs> around his room for like two hours. It's like a Nixon monologue. Well, and then there's the one where Bane talks to himself in his car for ages. Oh, Isn't yeah. that just Tom Hardy's uh, life, though? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm fired, closed again. And, and also, to link back to the mobster, Tom Hardy plays an ageing Al Capone with dementia in Capone. I've not seen that. Is it? Is it's it meant to be awful. <laughs> oh. It, wait, isn't that the one where he plays his own brother as well? No, that's the craze. Different gangsters. Very He's different. A lot of gangsters, gangsters in different states of um, mental <laughs> decline. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your oeuvre, Mr. Hardy? Oh, declining gangsters. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to episode 136 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Uh, all three of us back together again. It's been a while because um, both Nate and myself were away last week. Uh, and this is uh, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, because this week we are discussing the best weather in games, it's best weather in game special. And I'm joined this week. And I'm not sure why. Uh, by Darude, first of all. <laughs> Thank, welcome, Darude. Uh, and Michael Fish, and I do understand that. Yeah, I, I won't be doing a, a dance music exit. No, well, well, that was a sandstorm, wasn't it? Which is a weather. Uh, Whether you like it or not. Okay. Oh, these these references right. are lost on me. I thought Darude was a Goron in Zelda, so don't know what I know. But it's a, it's a meme, my lords. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Hast uh, thou not as, seen the memes? Nope. <laughs> uh, as I said, it has been a while, um, so I wanted to, to, brief, to check in again, as we do at the start of podcast, but also... Uh, I did. I have a, a food question for Matthew. Ooh, because the weather has got nice again, mm. uh, and so I wanted to know how you feel about barbecues. Because on the one hand, they barbecues have powerful centrist dad energy, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, I feel like maybe they're a bit too sort of loosey goosey <laughs> in the food <laughs> no, prep I, for you. No, I, I'm I'm comfortable with uh, you know in. An aging kind of patriarch of our family handling the barbecue. That's I'm okay with because they've they've had enough years experience. I get a little nervous when mates have barbecues. I'll admit, but dad and stepdad, fine. They can just keep you know. I'll eat any chicken they got for me. How would you feel yeah. if I did you a barbecue? I I, th- I trust. Choose, that, choose your words carefully. I think you've probably done a lot. You strike me as someone who's done a lot of barbecues. I have, yes. Yeah, I think you'd be all right. But there's some people who are like, it's obvious it's their first barbecue, and that's quite nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah, that specific sickly shade of pink that only occurs on the uh, the inside of a chicken drumstick cooked by an amateur. <laughs> my, my, um, uh, when we went last, I can't remember how long ago it was because of all the lockdown business, but we went for a barbecue at uh, Catherine's house, and it was their first barbecue. Their family had bought their first barbecue, um, and so my brothers-in-law kind of basically, the three of them tag-teamed this barbecue. But it was like three absolute beginners, so it was 
that was quite nerve-wracking. But I made it through that okay. Maybe I should loosen up a bit, I guess is the message. Wait, no, it is I, very easy to get poisons. Well, that's... Yeah. I, I See, do want to th- clarify... Sorry uh, for interrupting you, Matthew, but wait, it, Catherine's family had never had a barbecue before? Yeah, this or was never... the, they bought their first barbecue. Yeah. That's... It was... It was like um, it was it was genuinely like um, you know like aliens come to Earth and pretend to be humans. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it had that kind of energy. It was really nice. It was a nice day. I'm, I'm you know we had, we had a nice time, but it was quite interesting. You're like oh yeah, this is a lot of people experiencing their first barbecue firsthand. I don't think they'd been to barbecues, but to have hosted their first barbecue, yeah. Okay. Because that, that's <laughs> yeah, I was impressed. Almost like, unbelievable. Like, yeah, I know. But it's like it was... when I, uh, one of my friends at university, you know, who's about I think twenty two years old, had never had a, a Chinese takeaway before. Oh, so how'd you get to age twenty two without having had? Oh, that's preposterous. So I had, I had a friend at university who said they'd never seen a James Bond film. Couldn't believe it. It's odd, <laughs> isn't it? Though the little. Blind spots you can end up with, but I, I would say Chinese takeaway is is probably more of a surprise than a James Bond film. <laughs> yeah, but barbecue is inconceivable. I just like the idea of someone dropping loads of James Bond memes, and you're just like, yeah, I guess, and just shrugging them <laughs> off. <laughs> I've been expecting you, and then you know, like, okay, good, thank you. <laughs> Well, Carla Mahan, our one-man AV club here at um, Rock Paper Shotgun, he has never seen a Star War, and That's so really? he's he, yeah. So like, whenever anyone makes any sort of Star Wars reference, he just does like the Alan Partridge shrug. Yeah. <laughs> does the idea of a Star War not to not appeal to him, or has he just never never gotten round to it? I think it's got to that point now where he's. Never going to watch them sort of out of spite. Nah, that's, <laughs> that's reasonable. For everyone going like, you've never seen a Star Wars? Like, he said, no, I haven't. I never will. <laughs> mm. That gives him a sort of power that I envy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't really have much power if you've never eaten a Chinese takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a boast. Chow mein? No idea. Don't have a guess. Has it got beef in it? I don't know. Don't care. <laughs> Not for me, mate. <laughs> uh, but are you both well? I mean, Nate gave me um, a sad, a sort of tragicomic update on the gobs, on the jobs, oh, yeah. the, the fish that you have. Oh, yeah. it's it's um, So, listener, you may remember... A few weeks ago, I acquired some uh, Australian desert gobies um, and really tough little fish live in the margins of like hot, salty springs, real, yeah, little battle gets. <laughs> and uh, that I got one, one male, I think, and quite a lot of females or subordinate males who didn't display their colouring. But this one male was quite colourful and, as Alice described it, like a banana that had learnt to flamenco dance. Mm. And my daughter named him King Bogey because she can't say Gobi. And let let me just say, I'm really glad she didn't name the rest uh, because over the last sort of week, he's massacred every other Gobi in the tank. They just savaged them. He's like the Mad King from Game of Thrones. He's like all of the Mad Kings from Game of Thrones. He needs a Kingslayer to take him out. I, honestly, I've been playing Crusader Kings 3 like for about two weeks solid, and nothing I've done has compared to the sheer regal threat of King Bogey. Um, and Yeah, so now he's just under a rock, sort of constantly hyperventilating aggressively and looking for new things to kill. But there could be a redemption arc in it for him because male gobies, uh, male desert gobies anyway, get very territorial and aggressive and hang around under rock ledges like he is when they are guarding eggs. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe before he slaughtered all of his wives, one of them laid some eggs and King Bogey will become a tender father figure. Or he'll eat his babies. Or he'll eat his babies. Yeah, they don't tend to do that, but all bets are off with this maniac. Mm. Um, I'm thinking of building a hot tub this summer. I might move him into that, and I'm not even joking. I'm making a wooden one, and they don't, you don't need to put chlorine in them. Right. Uh, and these lads will live in, like, 50-degree centigrade water. They, they bloody love it. Do you so mean a hot tub like a pot, like a, a, for you and your family? Yeah. And a fish? <laughs> well, no, I think Ashley has vetoed putting King Bogey in there. Uh, in right. her words, I, I don't want to be within reach of his violence. <laughs> he's, he's only like as big as, uh, you know, a weak child's thumb. Mm. But he contains the aggression of a hundred men. Wow. It's just the way you described it this morning really made me laugh. Like him gurning under a rock after having destroyed everyone else. Uh, <laughs> and I thought brutal. Matthew would actually quite enjoy the kind of fish uh, serial oh, killer. Oh, yeah, you don't have to bang on that, bang on that tank. They're, just, they're, yeah. they're entertaining by default. That's the fish that bangs back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that a line from? Uh, just my mind. No, there's a film where they're like, oh, is, it, is it Hellboy when there's the things that go bump in the night and he says, we bump back, and it's meant to sound really cool, but it's not. <laughs> oh no, give Ron Perlman a break. <laughs> I think it's John Hurt who says it. He's, he's old. He's oh, old okay. yeah, yeah, forget about it. Wasn't Ron Perlman in a really short lived, uh, like, Beauty and the Beast TV show where he's like a, he's kind of like a big cat fursona? I think they solve crimes or something, but it only what? existed for half a season because it was abjectly terrible. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds it, bad. It's, it's, I don't know. I think that's a good pitch for a detective show. Where one I of the know. detectives is a man turned beast. Yeah. It does, now that I've said it out loud, sound like the sort of thing I would make up. Um, yeah. So I will verify that it's real. And maybe he has post to solve the... one huge murder before the rose loses its petals or he remains <laughs> a beast forever. And his partner was called Derek Beauty. <laughs> uh, I don't know where Graham... there's the talking candlestick fat is in, but. Anyway. <laughs> Graham ages ago told me about a police procedural show that had uh, Jeff Goldblum as the main character and uh, it existed for like a couple of episodes because it was really bad. Um, uh, and uh, and I'm, he's, he has apparently sourced, because you can't get the episodes anywhere. They've, they've been destroyed, you know, but he's sourced them. <laughs> uh, and I think he's going to let me watch them. Do you want to I know just... about the most cursed police procedural of all time, though? Go on, then. Well, of, of Shock course. me. It's Google Dog Police. <laughs> it's, it's honestly too cursed to even really discuss. Wait, what's it, wait, what's it called? Dog Police. Dog Police. Okay, look, I've got, I've got to fill is you this in. Like, is this like in. the snake school thing you made up? No, I promise you that the snake school isn't made up, it's real. Yeah? That's the whole thing about snake school. It's I'm totally getting uh, Dog Police is a short-lived 1980s new wave band from Memphis. Well, that's what it was at first. So it was a really weird band who did a really weird music video for an eerily catchy song called Dog Police, and the chorus went... Dog police, where are you coming from? Dog police, nobody knows who you are. Woof, 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 woof. And the video had these terrifying, like, trench coat-wearing detectives with horrible rubbery dog faces. And anyway, some TV exec, like, in the 90s, saw this and thought, you know what? That's a great idea for a TV show. Mm. This weird creepy music video from the 80s and yeah there was they made there's a pilot on youtube i think and it's got some like strangely well-known actor in it it's got um, so uh as much as it does sound listener like nate is just making this up 
in a kind of free flowing stream of consciousness <laughs> kind of Nate Nate Crowley jazz session. Uh, it this is real. Uh, presuming that Wikipedia can be trusted as a source of information, I don't know why. Absolutely editing it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, an eight and a half minute TV pilot was produced in 1990. Uh, eight and a half minutes. That's a yeah. weird length of time. <laughs> uh, the, the three detectives. Nowhere. The three detectives are Bowser, his ex-wife Mia, and his best friend Ollie. The dogs are endowed with superhumanoid powers. They have ESP. They can run fifty miles an hour, and they can hear conversations from two miles away. Uh, just like dogs. Uh, <laughs> just like Je- dogs. <laughs> Jeremy Piven appeared in the show as a beat cop, and Adam Sandler acted out the role of Shifty, an ex-criminal who'd befriended the dogs. The pilot never aired and was not picked up for a series. Oh, I wonder why that was. That's Adam Sandler. Do you think the um, dog police have used sniffer men? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a rubbish joke, and I adore it. (laughs) I just got this image of them. (laughs) <laughs> just a man on a leash, <laughs> smelling uh, suitcases. I've I've looked up the Jeff Goldblum thing as well. It was called Reigns. Um, it was from two thousand and seven. Uh, he's eccentric LAP detective Michael Reigns has some uh, has what some would call a unique ability. He's able to have detailed conversations with deceased crime victims. Uh, with that help, Reigns is able to retrace their lives leading up to the murder in hopes of finding the culprit. Oh, that sounds like a show that happens every two years. Yeah. Person what someone would call a bull**** ability. <laughs> uh, I, has Jeff Goldblum ever been anything that one would not describe as eccentric? You know? Uh, he was fairly buttoned down in the fly, I guess, until he became a fly monster. That's now that's true. a detective show I'd watch. A detective who's slowly becoming a fly. <laughs> now we're talking. Just gets really like, licks his lips whenever he sees a corpse because he's sort of super, he's super into it. <laughs> Vomits all over crime scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Quite unhappy with that.com. Yeah. Oh my and then goodness. And the line of duty guys trying to bring him down because they think he's a fly and he's trying to trick him into thinking he's not a fly. I'd watch that. Oh my goodness. Uh I'm I'm up to date with Line of Duty, by the way. What an episode it was this week, listener. Oh, it was classic, classic. Absolutely. Oh, classic. I feel like this is the new like Game of Thrones or whatever. Because I've I still still not seen any of it. Well, yeah. well I, mean, I really I provided no context there. What I mean is a show that sounds quite good in which everyone is watching, but I've got a deep sensation in my heart I will never get around to seeing. It's very good. I still think the first three series are the best because that's when you got the Craig Parkinson arc, uh, which was yeah. so good. But uh, we should probably, we've been talking about police procedurals for 20 minutes. What about oh, that detective called Reigns, Alice? <laughs> yeah, that was what I was going to try and do, and then I just oh, sort of forgot and lost it. Oh, that's but, good. Yeah. Uh, Reigns, which uh, it's spelled differently to rain, but rain is a type of weather, and that's what we're here oh. to talk about today. <laughs> so we're talking about best weathering games, and the reason that I mooted that this week is because the weather has been very changeable uh, in the United Kingdom recently because it's got suddenly very sunny and very hot but also in the same day it will suddenly start snowing um, which happened in Brighton uh, last week and it was weird um, so the weather has been very changeable and and inspired me to think about weather in games because it's quite a tough mm. one to do I think in games yeah, this had me scratching my head a little bit because I can think of loads of games which feel like they have weather just so they can say they have weather. Why do people like weather so much? Why is that such a, a selling point on the back of a box where you're like, yes, real-time weather cycles? Because you're not that pumped for weather in real life, I would imagine. I suppose it makes the game feel more immersive because um, it makes the world feel a bit more alive. 
Um, and it makes everything more replayable as well. Because if you, you know, you could have the same fist fight on a filthy Western streets in Red Dead 2 in on like a hot, dusty day or a, a, a soggy, thundery day, <clears throat> and it would have a totally different vibe. And it would disguise the fact that maybe the fight had been quite similar. You'd feel like you'd had two completely different experiences. Mm. I, would, I think it's one of those things that I don't necessarily miss it if it's not there. But if it is there, especially in like an open world thingamajig, then, uh, you know, I appreciate it and, I think and I, enjoy I, it. It needs to be quite big weather, by which really I only classify lightning as that. Like, <laughs> lightning is... Because when you see lightning you're in a game, you're always like, whoa, lightning, cool. And then people... Like, there's always references to lightning in reviews when there's lightning in a game. People are like, my favourite moment where I was riding the motorbike through Liberty City and there was always lightning. And it's like, that's because it's the only weather anyone notices. Is like, you know, you never... You don't notice mist, you know. Oh, I do. Do you? Oh, yeah. It's so subtle, though. It's so, like, you know. No, it's not. It's mist. It's not an aggressive It wouldn't, covers it's not everything. How can weather. you miss it? Well, it's just there. You're not like, oh, mist, you know. Tell no, that to Stephen King, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of the jackpot weathers, IRL. <laughs> no. It is. You sort of go to your window, and it's not like, oh, an- another... Day of abyssal greyness, great. You know, that's most days. <laughs> but then it can be snow is the ultimate light jackpot. <laughs> um, lightning is a jackpot weather. Lightning is a jackpot weather, yeah. I wouldn't say, but it's, it's more temporary than snow. Settling snow is like three Sonic the Hedgehog faces coming up on the gambling machine <laughs> in Casino <laughs> Night Zone and loads of rings flying out. Um, and I would say mist is like maybe two tails faces and an inexplicable symbol that says bar <laughs> and like 17 rings come out. Right. I would say it's pretty good. I, I don't know. Cause I think maybe it's too common to, to have the kind of top tier weather, you know, label attached to it. But then I suppose as well what you think of as being amazing weather is going to vary based on your, your home climate, you know? And whether, like, weather has claimed the lives of anyone you've loved in the past. Very true. Yeah. I, I think that that's just trauma. <laughs> well, yeah, but it factors into it. Well, yeah, in the same way that, like, if, like, if yeah, your brother had been torn yeah. apart by wolves, you, you might not enjoy... The sort of level two quests in most RPGs. <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, weather in games. Um, I'm going to throw out a perennial favourite, um, which is mm-hmm. The Witcher Three. I think oh. when it's windy in The Witcher Three, especially, I really enjoy it because they because of not any visual effects, but because of the audio. Um, and I'm sure I mentioned it before. But when it's windy and it's about to start storming in The Witcher 3, uh, you hear loads of, if you're in you know, a forest or anything, you hear loads of creaking and wood sort of straining a bit as all the trees uh, are getting pushed about. And it, it's very atmospheric. And I think mm. it's very well done. I think, it, I think wind becomes a jackpot weather in games. Because mm. it's quite a hard thing to represent and do right and show visually. Strong but the, take. But the Witcher, the, the Witcher does it very well. The trees mm. in the Witcher, come on, the, 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 the wind-blown trees are amazing. Like, that is one of the, the best special effects in that game as yeah. well. Absolutely. Yeah, in truth, I'm struggling to think of another game where, like, actually, no, I'll tell you what. Here's, a, here's, here's, here's an unusual one. Uh, Nuts, the squirrel game I reviewed oh. recently. Um, I said at the time, like there were many things about that game I found like a little bit middle of the road. 
but there were some things about it that were spectacular and the foley work the sound effects in it were just out of this world mm-hmm. and there is one bit uh, a later level where you walk along some loose rocks uh, on the edge of a big drop during a storm and you hear the rocks go like glungle 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 under your feet uh and the wind just sounds like a wild animal it's so real like mm. yeah it, honestly it is worth buying the game and playing it through it's not long just to experience that bit of loose rocks and winds. Because <laughs> it is the most astonishing facsimile of nature, despite everything looking, you know, completely abstracted. Like visually, mm. it's, it ain't meant to be realistic, but the sounds, my goodness. Mm. Don't think you see any trees move, though. So, uh, That's a so bonus, though. Uh, are you going to try and bring mud into the conversation, Cause, uh, Matthew? Because I'm going to preempt you by saying mud isn't weather. Mud is weather. I'm aware that mud isn't a weather. <laughs> like, I get that. <laughs> you know, they don't say on the weather forecast, Michael Fish isn't there saying, <laughs> listen, guys, <laughs> I hate to break it to you. It's mud. <laughs> Watch out for mud. Also, very, very quick digression, which I think is quite funny. Um, uh, and you know, possibly tragic as well. Uh, when I was little, uh, I was not informed about the uh, uh, existence of Ireland as distinct from Northern Ireland. And so, uh, when they did the weather on the news, I would look at the map and be like, "Oh wow, it's Matt. There's so much space in Ireland. They've only built like one city <laughs> in Aww. on that whole island." Uh, and previously mentioned Callum thinks this is very funny uh, and then mocks me by doing uh, a posh English accent at me. The problem is we've, we've probably got some political leaders who genuinely do think that, so. <laughs> yeah, that's the... Uh... Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to come over a bit private d- eye there. Oh. <laughs> 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 God, that belongs in my Halo 2 RPG, that, that level of discourse. <laughs> uh, uh, Matthew, uh, please, sorry, continue. Mud. Uh, uh, well, no, I wasn't going to talk about mud. I was. I'm sorry. Yeah, you Nate's. got the wrong cowboy crouched in the mud with a, a knife between his teeth. It was me all along, and now I'm lunging out to stab a turtle. Nice. Red Dead Redemption 2's got great mud. (laughs) It's got great mud. So what were you going to talk about, Matthew, if not mud? Um, I was actually going to talk about uh, two games where weather is a key mechanic in a game. I was going to talk about Persona 4 Golden, which is uh, a little RPG set in a small Japanese town where you hang out with your mates in the day and then you go into a sort of supernatural dungeon at night. But the interesting thing is it's got this sort of social calendar element to it where you've got quite limited time to spend with people and you've, you've only got limited time every day to spend on social activities. Um, but those are dictated by the weather or the weather can change them. So part of the kind of, not meta game, but the, you know, the, the kind of higher level kind of character development is working out, looking at the weather forecast, seeing what the weather's going to be like, and then kind of working out, like, well, if it's raining, uh, you know, I get extra studying done if you go to the library on a rainy day because it helps you concentrate. Um, And you can't do, like, certain sports or whatever if it's raining. If it's sunny, you'll get a bonus doing other things. But at the heart of the story is this, um, this, in this town, there's a serial killer who only kills people on misty nights. And the mist always follows days of consecutive rain. So that's kind of what governs, like, uh, you know, the progress you're meant to be making in the dungeon is that when you've got days of consecutive rain, it means, oh, there's someone you've got to go and save in the dungeon because they're going to be murdered when it's misty. So, like, the rain becomes this quite stressful kind of 
like, oh God, you know, I've got all this stuff I need to do, but you know, we're also ticking down to this mist and that's going to be game over if we hit that. And I haven't achieved this task. And the weather is quite an interesting kind of um, sort of force for kind of policing your behavior in Persona. Uh, I did not know that about Persona 4. That sounds uh, well good. Yeah, it's good. It's a fun little quirk of it. But it also, because it's a game that taps into like domestic rhythms really well. Like it really captures that nostalgic sense of, you know, it's after school and you've got really limited time. And there's so many things you always want to do. You know, there's so many people you want to hang out with or, you know, you want to go to the park or if you're me, you just want to go home and play Smash Brothers with your brother. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and it, it, you know, weather does, you know, I remember being a kid and rain is like devastating, you know, when you want to have fun. And the game kind of really ticks that box, I think. I mean, I would like to... I- I'd like to point out that 10 minutes ago you said nobody really cares about Mist and now Mist has formed well, a key part. Listen, of your- in this game, Mist is like in itself, it, you know, it's like, a, oh, there's some Mist coming. I've got to solve this murder. So like the Mist is important, but it's, I don't know. I think it, I think my logic holds up. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> It's not a jackpot weather. You're not like, yes, missed. If anything, you're like, oh, no, missed. Someone's going to oh, be murdered. <laughs> yeah, but it's got an impact, isn't it? That's the jackpot. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I guess I've got, to, I've got to step back on this. You don't eat your shoes here, mate. Yeah. In the same way that I do eat some glistening foods, sometimes <laughs> missed can be a jackpot weather. Um, what, uh, what was your other game? Well, the other one was uh, Death Stranding, because ah. in Death Stranding, the rain ages everything. If it rains on you, it like ages all the materials in the world. And so it's this threat. You have to kind of, you know, you're planning these big journeys across America, but if it rains on you, like all your equipment will deteriorate faster. Um, and so you can build these sort of... Um, I think it's called they call the rain time fall because it's nonsense why does everything about that game that I, every new fact i learn irritates me more <laughs> <laughs> oh. but you can build these special like time fall shelters which are basically look like kind of fancy bus stops um and then you just go and sit under it and you can like sleep or you can meditate for like 24 hours until the rain moves on um but you know if, if you really want to get into the game you can like look at proper weather forecasts and see like where the clouds are going to go to work out where the rain's going to be to work out like routes to get around it um there's also a bit where a baddie makes a woman take off all her clothes and then walk in the rain to turn her into an old lady which is quite weird what can why did she have to take off her clothes couldn't she if if it hits your if it hits your clothes your materials are like you can get like time for resistant materials but your skin will age if it touches the rain okay so like right. when it touches you, it becomes like a wrinkle. All right, so you got me all, there. She gets all wrinkly. Good I explanation. Swear I'm a migraine just from <laughs> thinking about Death Stranding. It's, it's like I'm, when you spend too long in the bath. I think that's where Kojima got the idea from. <laughs> I'm a, I'm ashamed of my words and deeds. I shouldn't have brought that up. So, yeah, <laughs> so fox me there. Um, that's interesting. How do we feel about supernatural weather in games? Then, like, what counts as? weather well, like if the- we're expanding it to like because in because in dragon age inquisition which i know i talk <laughs> about far too much um c- could the tearing of the fade that results in a big horrible hole in the sky uh and tears in reality that then kind of rain down demons and stuff is that weather or because i on I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if demons count as precipitation well I love a blood moon <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah that's a good like a blood moon I mean I know like Zelda is not PC uh, no, um, the what were those the, the, the side scrolling game where you're a little king making money come out of things and devils come every night that's um, most games that's true actually oh yes that's the early 90s i think you're describing uh what's it called it's called like 
Kingdom or something. I think it's called Kingdom. You'll know it. <laughs> oh, that's it's, the one. Yeah, the one where you're yeah. like, you're like the you're riding your horse. Yeah, yeah, you ride exactly. Like a horse. That's you it. ride a horse. I'm gonna write Kingdom three question marks in my notes, and then and it's like a two D side on. In it's newish. Though. It's like a, a new indie, a new uh, last ten years for sure. Yeah, and that's uh, that's got like Danger Days. Well, Blood Bones, where um, you know you're going to get extra devils that night and adds sense of foreboding. I want to say Minecraft has Blood Moons as well. Um, although that said, I've never... I know Minecraft has certain nights where you get loads of zombies and they, they really go ham on the villages. Hmm. Um, I, I can't remember them being red, so I, I'm hesitant to call it a blood moon, although it is the same mechanic. I just don't. I, does the moon count as a weather? <laughs> I don't yes. know. If the, I don't think the moon counts as a weather, but a blood I, moon might. I, I'm certain the moon counts as the weather. The sun counts as a weather. Oh, inter- yeah. Interesting take. And what is the moon? I think the weather. I think the weather's what happens around the sun. I think the sun is the natural state of the world, so it doesn't really count as weather. Like if there's no weather, you've got sun. If there is weather, you haven't got sun. It'll be bright and sunny today across large areas of the West Midlands because there's no weather. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Yes, so no the weather. sun is the weather. No, there's the sun, and then you layer weather on top of it. And they're like, there is weather today. There's clouds. Otherwise, it's the sun, which we've got no control. The sun is there, regardless of what's going on. That's the point I'm making. Matthew definitely, definitely slipped into Chris Tarrant there. (laughs) You can't do anything. I thought he accidentally did Shatner earlier while introducing (laughs) Persona 4. It's this strange kind of (laughs) contemplative game where there's occasionally a mist. That's that's what I was going for. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. I don't know if I don't know if the sun counts as weather. The moon's weather, all right. Well, okay. no, it's all not because right. the I'm actually I I think he's sort of. I get yeah, the point right. Matthew is making. I think he's making a fist of it, but <laughs> it's it's not it like when we say it is sunny. What we're actually saying is there is an absence of clouds, right? So when he says there's no weather, <laughs> what he means is yeah, because. It, otherwise, all games could be like, there's light, so this game has a weather system. You wouldn't say, like, the original Super Mario Brothers has a weather system. I, like, and I, and I don't, nobody ever says, like, it's moony. You, you might say there was a very full moon last night, or a super harvest blood moon or whatever. Like, and that the- would usually be on the weather forecast. But that's a bit of spite. That's, they just add that in to make it sound a bit more supernatural and exciting, because otherwise the weather's super boring. Look, it's not my fault how the TV men brand the moon. Uh, but that's also never... that's what the moon is doing itself. It's not how the moon is acting on the planet. Uh, I, I, I think... know, but it is a weather thing, because the moon is only like goes big and yellow because, I don't know, there's extra farts in the atmosphere on certain days. And so they swell it, and the moon doesn't actually like get hench for one night every few years. Yeah, no, I, so I understand it's that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's weather. The moon isn't weather because it doesn't do. It's like the moon it's is weather. It's no, a... it's not. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely guarantee that the um, electronic wireless show Discord will put this topic, will put this subject to bed for us. And they'll side with me. Yeah, they do, because you're their favourite. You're like the youngest son. (laughs) They love you more (laughs) than me and Matthew. (laughs) Well, no, it's just I'm the peasant (laughs) apple. You're like, it's like, and they'll say that they don't love you more, but it will have the same tone as when me and my big brother ask why my mum only has a photo of our brother in her wallet. (laughs) (laughs) It'll ring very hollow. There's a photo of me in the wallets of the RPS Discord. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely thought. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, no, Alice, it was just because I only had a photo of him 
I just didn't have photos of you and your brother. <laughs> oh, that's a that's that's a deep cut. Mm. I'm so I'm sorry to hear about that in your life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll concede the moon ain't weather. <laughs> yes. No, no, hang on. I'm not taking a, a pity concession. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> the moon isn't weather because it's clearly not weather, not because you're feeling sorry for me. <laughs> but it oh. drives the tides. Are they weather? No. There's not They're tides the in the enough sea. games. They're the sea. Because well, oh, okay. when it's stormy, the when it's stormy. The weather's like... what happens above us. <laughs> but below <laughs> the sun. It's the level <laughs> between the ground and the sun. Anything in there, that's weather. This is wild. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I honestly, if you ask, if you ask any weatherman, that's what they'll tell you. Well, you're Michael Fish. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Actually, I guess yeah. you can. Yeah, you can climb the uh, the authority. Yeah, but you wish you didn't. You didn't role play as Daru today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Can't weigh in on this, can you? Are there any other famous weatheros? Because Michael Fish is only famous for being wrong in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Was Fred Dynage a weatherman? Doesn't he blow up chimneys? <laughs> That's Fred Dibner. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, I suppose we can't. I was going to say we should do a little aquarium trip, but we haven't had any sort of characters. No. Um, that's, that's the problem. That's, what do you that's think, Michael? What would Michael Fish do if... You went to the aquarium. I'd say he's naturally like allied with the, he's allied with the natural world, being a man of the weather. So he's less likely to to be in on the the tank banging. Also, oh, I, I bet he's had so he's heard it a million times. Like when he was at school, oh Michael Fish, do you, do you swim around in the water? Oh, yeah, that, taking that... oxygen out of it with your gills. He's got. And... Maybe that would turn him against fish. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What a, that's, that's a real tension that exists in him. Man of nature versus fish hating. Well, he's not necessarily... He's not like a druid. Well, most weathermen, I'd say they're closer to that than I am. Well, druid. I mean, you know, <laughs> the CEO of a concrete-making firm is probably closer to a druid than... Than, than, than you are, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to level nature. <laughs> That's true. But with, with them, and they just like observe its habits. They would control it if they could. Yeah, they I was going to say, are they not a bit more sort of like a King Canute kind of trying to turn back the weather? Or I suppose... I don't think they claim no. to control it when they do the weather forecast. <laughs> they, they aren't like, this is what I'm... They, they, the pitch isn't, hello, this is the weather, this is what I'm going to make happen. No, but they're trying to make fools of God, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say, but the newsreader passed over to him and he said, and here now to make a fool of God, it's Michael Fish. <laughs> there will be no storm. Don't worry, leave your windows open, folks. <laughs> right, says God. Uh, I'll make him famous for the next 30 years for how wrong he's about to be. Uh, about now is when I would say, let's pause uh, before we go into the Cavern of Lies. But once again, embarrassingly, I forgot to do a Cavern of Lies. So I can only apologise to listener. It's not that we'll never do a Cavern of Lies again. It's just that. Uh, We're just I getting back not... into our groove. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't organised enough this week. I'm afraid. I'm very sorry. Um, and I did last minute try and think of a weather themed one, but I was just like, it's too nebulous. It's a bad topic. I made a mistake. Um, <laughs> but we were before we pause. Do, are there any other games that people would like to mention? Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I uh, my my finger found the trigger first. There. I. Uh, I really love the sound of, <clears throat> sorry, not my throat clearing, rain on the roof above you in Minecraft when you've um, made a nice little wooden house or dug yourself a sort of an emergency hiding hovel 
and it really starts chucking it down with rain, you genuinely feel so safe and cozy. Um, again, I'm just really, really praising a sound effect here, but it's a corker. Yeah, I, I was going to put a shout out for the, um, the weather controls in Microsoft Flight Simulator, Ooh. where you basically can kind of build the ultimate sky. You know, you can place, you know, you can't place individual clouds, but you can really control like the thickness, the levels of cloud, where they are, and you can pause yourself in the air and then basically kind of go into like weather editing mode and then edit the kind of either ideal conditions for flying or more likely just create some kind of stormy hellscape that looks absolutely amazing in video footage. Um, good lightning. Um, you can do, you know, you can kind of place the clouds so you get some amazing god rays, which of course aren't weather because they're from the sun, but the clouds are. So I think it counts. Um, um, yeah. hmm, interesting. And that's got good, that's got really good raindrops on glass as well because uh, when you, when you start on the runway and you're still, you can have it raining and you don't really, you know, the drops are just on the window. But when you start moving, they all start sort of snaking across very slowly as you build up speed and the propeller kind of pushes them. The effect of the raindrops being pushed across the glass is is absolutely amazing. Um, that's a really good weather game for just tootling around in and playing with the weather. Oh, yeah, sounds it. Yeah, very good stuff. You do have to download like 500 gigs of it, but you know, <laughs> we've all got this. Who hasn't got that these days? It's good for modding as well, though. Lots of fun mods and fun bugs as well because it's so big. Um, mm. I was going to say a game that I've never played but Ooh. would love to, um, which is Frostpunk, because I think it's such a good take on the kind of post apocalypse. Thing you know, this you're building a, a city and kind of managing a city in in this kind of Arctic hellscape, and and you have choices like you know whether to turn orphan children into kindling, or fertilizer. You know, I just think mm. it's. Oh, a I really... love Frostpunk. How did that not occur to me? Yeah, brilliant shout. It's yeah. well good for that. The do you know the edges of the screen like get frosted over and make this really stressful like contracting crunching sound Ooh. when it gets mega cold you actually you do properly want to put a jumper on it's totally a game to play with the heating off in the middle of the winter you know like how people play like horror games in the dark to give themselves the you know the willies yeah absolutely the same with frostpunk turn your central heating off just strip down to a vest and play it wild times um, I I also want to throw in one little bonus shout for, I think do um, hurricanes or tornadoes? I don't know the difference between the two. Do they count as weather? Yes, they're extreme yeah. weather systems, right? They are extreme. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have very fond memories of. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's No One Lives Forever Two on PC. Had um, obviously on PC is what we talk about here. Um, in uh, has a level set in like a, a trailer park with a, a sort of tornado or hurricane coming through and you're fighting all these assassins and the wind is kind of like ripping up bits of the park and you end up in a trailer. I want to say it gets pulled into the air and it's like, it's basically like disintegrating around you. But like back then in whenever it was, 2001 or something, um, it was about as like crazy and cinematic as you'd say, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the kind of space that COD came into um, in terms of those big sort of cinematic blockbuster first-person moments. That was really cool. And it's very scripted, but it's, that's, that's good. That sounds cool. Mm. Sounds a bit like um, Just Cause 4 having those massive... Yeah, I mean, that was, that was more sandboxy. Like those, yeah. I thought those weather systems could sort of happen in different places. and True. Yeah, I don't think you could control them. That would be good. A game where you could just make a tornado appear. That would be awesome. That would be good. There's a game out at the moment that um, Carl Mahan was playing that is, I think it's called like Rain on Your Parade, where it's sort of a puzzle game where you play a cloud uh, and you have the ability to um, snow or to rain on things or to cause a little tornado. 
Um, and then each level is a little puzzle. It sort of has a bit um, of a donut county vibe. Okay. Um, are you are you a malicious weather system, or are you fr- are you friend to the people? I'd say you're more an agent of chaos. So in oh, cool. in one level, you're having to help an old lady collect her shopping, and you have to use your whirlwind to collect X number of carrots for her. Right. Uh, but in another, it's in like a wild west kind of town, and you have to cause a tumbleweed to blow between two people about to have a duel, which I thought was quite funny, but also burn down a barn. Um, they, sh- they should have it. You have to make a tumbleweed whenever someone does a terrible joke just to really like undermine their confidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like just making a lot, just, just really bumming out cowboys. That'd be fun. Uh, but let's have a little break now for a little ad and then we'll come back and do our, our final recommendation. Want to keep up with all the latest happenings in video games? Well, you should listen to the PC Gaming Week Spot, or PS's weekly recap of the last seven days in PC video gaming. And mystery Steam reviews. PC Gaming Week Spot is a magazine-style podcast where I, Colin Ahern, and he, Matthew Castle, chat about all the biggest news stories. Don't forget mystery Steam reviews. We also give you previews and reviews on the latest video games, from the big AAA releases to the lovely indie darlings. Uh, and mystery Steam reviews. And every Every week we open up the Weekspot mailbag to answer your burning questions on everything from Xbox Game Pass for PC to how we like our eggs. Alright, go on Matthew. What? Tell them about Mystery Steam Reviews. Oh yeah, there's Mystery Steam Reviews too. A little more... Uh, That's our weekly quiz segment where we test each other's game knowledge via Steam Reviews. The clue's in the name. The important thing to note is it's the part of the show where I usually kick your ass. Yeah, when you're cheating. When I'm cheating. Oh man, you are so full of shit. So download the PC Gaming Week Spot every Tuesday to stay up to date on all the important stuff in video games. You can subscribe via all good podcatching apps so you never miss an episode. Or you can listen to us or watch the video version if you prefer podcasts you can look at on rockpapershotgun.com. I'd recommend watching just so you can see a grown man man, me, crush another grown man, him, in a stupid quiz about PC games. I admire your belief, if nothing else. So go subscribe to the PC Gaming Weekspot podcast, your recap of the last seven days in PC video gaming. Welcome back. Uh, I know Matthew and I have prepared similar recommendations this week because every week on the electronic wireless show we like to recommend something that isn't a video game and um, i too will be consistent <laughs> okay uh so matthew do you want to go first yeah i am recommending a book called bullet train by kataro isaka it's a recently translated japanese thriller uh it's set on a bullet train uh kind of in real time it sort of covers a sort of two-hour trip about this bullet train on board, there are five assassins and they have been set at uh, kind of cross purposes and they're kind of out to get each other. And it's about what happens on this crazy two hour bullet train ride when there's always zany assassins on board. Um, but what I really liked about it is... <laughs> what uh, I really didn't like is the way you just used the word zany. Oh, sorry. Uh, that undermined, actually. It makes it sound naff. It's not. It's cool. Um, well, it's really just a, a, a real quirky group of killers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, they wacky. <laughs> well, they've all got... What I like about the assassin culture in it is that they've all got, like, nicknames, and they're all kind of known to each other as nicknames and like reputations, they don't necessarily know what anyone looks like, which is a, a big point of confusion in it. And there's this sense of like that, that people find bodies and they're trying to kind of reverse engineer who they think is on board the train from like how they've died. So they're like, oh, do you think this is the Hornet, you know, who famously poisons people? Or do you think it's this person or this person? And I like this idea that there's all these, there's this huge community of sort of assassins who have a very vague grasp of people and the kind of trouble that kind of arises from that. Um, it's quite a fun dynamic. They're turning it into a movie as well with, um, mm. uh, weirdly, set in Japan on a bullet train, but like all the assassins are played by like famous Western actors. 
Um, so I wonder if, if it'll have the same kind of vibe because if you've got a train full of sort of Japanese businessmen and Brad Pitt, I think Brad Pitt will stand out a bit, but there you go. <laughs> it sounds like a quite big hitman energy. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. There's there's a one one of the, the assassins in it is um he's his whole it's not his shtick but he's like the unluckiest assassin. Basically, like whatever he tries to do, he basically achieves the opposite of every single time. But he kind of has this kind of chaotic way of surviving and sort of accidentally kind of sort of murdering people. You know, in in like all these sort of weird and wonderful ways. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. I, I... Saw that and I uh, they uh, tweeted about it and I was like I'll put that on my list because yeah, it does it's sound fun. really good. It's very very cinematic. You can see the film happen as you read it. Yeah. So, uh, so my recommendation this week similarly is a crime book uh, and it's called The Appeal by Janice Hallett uh, and it's a yeah it's a mystery. Uh, the framing is that you're that uh, a couple of sort of junior lawyers have been sent a big packet of supporting evidence and kind of you know documents and stuff about a case, um, and they're reading these uh, these you know emails and texts and and DMs and stuff between this group of people. Uh, so that's what you're reading as well. And then at the start of or the end of each chapter, you get. Um, text between these two lawyers saying like where are you up to like do you do you follow who do you think you know what do you think of this person kind of stuff like a couple of texts between them but th- for the most part it's just you, you see these emails between these people um so it's a very refreshing format um mm-hmm. and uh the the frame is um someone has died and someone is in prison for it but the 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 appeal is this you know that's what the lawyers are working on because they think this person shouldn't be in prison oh, okay. um but you don't know who has died or who the person is who's in prison um and what it is is a small town so it feels a bit sort of modern agatha christie cuz it's small town um a group of people who were all in a um in or connected to an amateur dramatics society um, in in this small town, and it's it's run by this couple, um, the Haywoods, who also own uh, a sort of a, a members club in the area. So they're quite a sort of wealthy family, uh, mm. and they're, they're, it opens, and they're just sort of starting to cast for All My Sons by Arthur mm-hmm. Miller, uh, and then. Uh, Nobody hears anything after the rehearsals and stuff for a bit. And then the, the, the dad sends an email around saying, uh, well, our granddaughter, Poppy, who's two, has just been diagnosed with uh, a rare form of cancer. Uh, but there's a, an experimental treatment from America, but it's going to cost $250,000. So they start this fundraising campaign. And then from there, it sort of all gets a bit hinky. And you see sort of the... Um, uh, stuff you know, st- stuff that maybe is a bit wrong to do with the fundraising and stuff, or maybe the medication and things, and mm. and so there's a lot of stuff in play, but it's also very funny at times as well, because <laughs> it does a really good caricature of like um, small town people. So when the, for example, someone drops out of the play and so someone else emails saying like oh you know James I'd love to play uh, Lydia I'm the right age for it and stuff uh, and then you see two emails from from one person saying oh, I can't do it I'm studying for an exam and then someone else saying oh, I can't, I'm really sorry I can't take on the role um, I've got all this stuff to do and then you see him him emailing back the first person saying like uh, Izzy I thought to myself who would be perfect to take on the role of Lydia now that Paige has dropped out and of course, I thought of you before anyone else, kind of thing, oh. or all that kind of stuff. Or like when they they first say that Poppy's sick, you see like people in the back saying, you know, thoughts and prayers, and then someone saying, "My cousin had brain cancer. He had an operation where they cracked his skull open and scraped the tumor out while he was still awake. He's fine now." Like, 
all this kind of stuff or like oh gosh I know how you feel when my son had a concussion it was the worst two hours of my life kind of thing (laughs) so it's both very kind of clever and very um uh intriguing and you like I I started reading it last night and I was like I'll just read a couple of chapters before bed and then and then I was like oh my gosh it's 2 30 what what has happened but really funny, really good. Uh, this is the Appeal by uh, Janice Hallett. Nate, oh. has Minor Matthews Padding given you enough time to think of a recommendation? Well, it would have done if I'd have needed time. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't need time because I was genuinely really interested in both of your recommendations. But luckily I had one uh, pre-prepared. I'd like to recommend uh, Dash Water. Um, it is a tinned water uh, that is, it's, it tastes of fruit and it's got, you know, it's not like grim, weird fruit flavors. It's, it's, it's fruit infusion. It's fizzy. It's like a fizzy drink, but it's obviously uh, completely absent of any nutritional value. So it's good for you. Um, and I thought of that one. Definitely a week ago. Hold on. <laughs> when you say drink it out of a can, yes, I never know with you if you mean like a drinks can or it's like some because I swear a couple of weeks ago you suggested we drink some kind of coconut juice out of some tin can. <laughs> yeah, when you said tin, it did make me think that you've got like a prepper stash of like. Like, do you, like, do you open it with a ring pull or a yeah. can opener? That's my question. Oh no, it's a very fancy um, sort of brushed aluminium. Okay, uh, it's one of the the tall tins. Oh, it's one of those, so it's, like a Red Bull it's a, tin. It, it, it's recognisable to the average person as a drink. Oh yeah, it's not some like manky corrugated two what? kilogram. Because I swear yeah. you have definitely suggested some kind of flavoured water that you drank out of a can like that. Yeah, to be fair, that is the sort of thing I enjoy. Some kind of coconut milk or something. Yeah, I don't even recall recommending that, but it sounds great. Uh, anything for the aquarium this week, Nate? Well, yeah, pour in a dash water. Watch, watch your gobes. <laughs> Watch out for your gobes. Uh, oh, uh, no, here's a good, useful thing. Um, tie a credit card to a stick. And you can use it to scrape algae from the inside of your glass. Um, just a simple garden cane will do. Uh, or if you're really edgy, um, li- literally edgy, you can use a razor blade as well. But I don't like to because I'm yeah. always worried I'll... I'll hurt myself by accident. But you run the risk of the credit card falling off the stick and then your fish got your credit card and they'll start buying <laughs> stuff. And you know the king is a big spender. Oh, the king would just rinse my account <laughs> and just buy loads more gobies to kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, don't do that. Don't let goby have your credit card. There's my advice. Spot on, Matthew. I can't believe that Nate is the favourite, despite every week just recommending to you, our valued listeners, whatever is in his cone of vision. (laughs) (laughs) But if it's in my cone of vision... We're tryhards, that's the problem. Trying to be cool. If it's in my cone of vision, it means I favour it. Like, only the finest gets to the captain's table. Okay. Well, thank you, listener, for listening uh, to episode 136, the best weather special of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that of Alice Bell. Um, Remember to check us out on social media or on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, search Rock Paper Shotgun, and you'll find us. Um, We have a merch store. Uh, which is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash rock paper shotgun. Um, the design team are struggling to come up with something for Shagar's heart squad. <laughs> In fairness, it was a horse murdered by the IRA. So difficult to make something catchy for a team. Mm. 
stuff. Uh, uh, but we're working on it. Um, if you want to become a more fully fledged member of Shargar's Heart Squad, you can join our Discord. Uh, there'll be a link to that in the show notes on the website, uh, where there is a channel specifically to hang out and talk about the podcasts, uh, of which there are more than one. So check out our sister podcasts as well. Uh, the PC and Gaming Don't Week forget Squad. to reinforce the point of view that the moon is weather. <laughs> uh, there's uh, the PC Gaming Week Spot, which is a current events kind of PC news uh, show with Callum Hearn and more Michael Fish. And yeah. there is uh, the Warzone Audio Bang, which is about Warzone and has a really good uh, intro music, which I, I love. Um, uh, there is also, of course, www.rockpapershotgun.com dot com for all your PC gaming needs. Uh, but until next week, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Michael Fish. Goodbye. And also, keep your windows open. It's safe. <laughs> it's goodbye from Darude. <laughs> Had to read walking slowly away. Yes. <laughs> Running out of batteries. <laughs> yeah.